Amen. Amen. And thank you, Brother Moore. All right, tonight I'd call your attention to the first psalm. The first psalm. Now, I was impressed this week uh, to look at this, and I think that I'll be able to show you why as we go along uh, in our study of this tonight. Uh, It was something that I brought to your attention this morning, talking about the Lord increasing our faith. And you might remember that that scripture passage was that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word. God honors His Word when it's in His precious will. And so, I thought about this psalm, and I thought, now, you know, it's probably not been very long since I've brought a sermon from it. And uh, I did know that I had, uh, and maybe somebody has notes in their Bible uh, different from mine when I look, but five years ago, I used this for a text on the new year, five years ago. So I figure that after five years, you probably have forgot about everything I said about it, just like I did. <laughs> but and, and I would say this, that it's such an awesome psalm that it wouldn't matter if I preached it every single week because it is so full of wonderful truths that we can learn uh, from this. And so... As the Lord blesses His Word, uh, I'm going to read all six verses, the whole psalm. So you can follow me, and it says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or as I've said, you could say the Word of God there. His delight is in that. And in His law doth He meditate day and night. And He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that bringeth forth His fruit in due season, and His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. Then He goes on and turns that around and He says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So this is an awesome psalm, and it has, of course, in one way, two parts in it. One part is... uh, addresses the righteous and the other part addresses the ungodly. And so I want to point out some of the things that are in this psalm. Now, first of all, uh, I've done this before, but I'll do it again. What is the difference between blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D, and blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D? They're two, uh, the same spelling, but in the Bible... Uh, It's used in two different ways. Blessed is a past tense verb. Somebody might say tonight, well, I'm blessed. But blessed is an adjective, and it represents a state of being. Being blessed, a state of being. So that's the different ways that it's used. And of course, uh, we're familiar with 
what Matthew chapter 5 says, and I'll read these verses in your hearing, where Jesus is speaking, and He said, Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And he went on to say, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are they when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And so in that passage of Scripture, we find uh, the use of the word several times as it is there. So when, when the psalmist says this, blessed is the man, he's talking about someone and this is their state of being. It is who they are, their state of being. And not just someone who has been blessed, past tense verb, blessed, but blessed, a state of being. And so uh, he opens this up, and the first thing that he does in this psalm is he says the things that this blessed person uh, does not do. And so that's an interesting thing. He says... Uh, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly. And we know in our world there's many that are ungodly, don't profess any relationship with God. Their counsel is not good. And we should especially be concerned about our youth, our young people, because they are subject to the counsel of the ungodly. And I think as time goes on, it's worse than it's uh, gets worse and worse. And so the counsel of the ungodly. Then he says, nor standeth in the way of sinners. This is using sinners in that they practice it. It is the practice of falling short of what God uh, expects from people. The way of sinners standeth in the way of sinners. And as you go down through these three... Uh, it is more uh, committed as time goes on. Who walketh or who standeth in the way of sinners. And then the last one is sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And scornful there, uh, it means that they who scorn the way of the Lord, who uh, uh, are, uh, have nothing but critical things to say about that. And so when it gets to that part, it is actually joining and being a part uh, of those that do that. But then he goes on, and here is the verse that uh, I thought about uh, when I was thinking about this passage of Scripture this past week. He, he says, and this is what this blessed person does, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or his delight is in the Word of God. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And so, here you have something that I think is really important. As I shared uh, with you this morning, 
related to the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's powerful when the Holy Spirit applies it in our life and uses it to accomplish His purpose and His plan. And so he says here that his delight is in the Word of the Lord or the law of the Lord or the law of God as it says uh, here in this passage here. Uh, And so uh, delight is an important word. And uh, it is if we want to achieve uh, the most from our uh, experience with the Word of God, delighting is a part of that. And I think apart from delighting in the Word of God, one's religion has no heart. I really believe that with all my heart, is that that is what it's all about. Because true religion is a matter of the heart. And without delighting in that, then those things that we uh, do, our acts and our works, uh, cannot uh, please God or accomplish His purpose in our life. Now I want to share with you some verses from the Psalms related to delighting in the Word. If you would just turn with me to the 40th Psalm, I'll give you this one and then I want to share several others with you too. In the 40th Psalm and in the 8th verse, here's what the psalmist says. Now talking about delighting, he says, I delight to do thy will, O God, yea, thy law is within my heart. As I shared with you, uh, the Word of God is the heart of true religion. The Word of God. And so the psalmist talks about delighting to do God's will. And uh, then I want you to look with me in the, in the 119th Psalm. Psalms 119. And this is a, uh, a neat Psalm 119. And I want to begin with, uh, uh, with the uh, 16th verse there in that Psalm. 119 and verse 16. And remember the subject matter here is delighting in the Word of God. He says this, the psalmist says, I will delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. I will delight myself in thy statutes. Also, uh, we can follow that right on to verse 23 and verse 24, where it says, Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Now remember, uh, in our psalm that we're looking at, is delight in and meditate. Meditate in, he says there. In verse 24, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselor. In that passage of Scripture, it talks, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But the counsel uh, here is, in verse 24, is his testimonies and his word. Also, in verse 35, we find this, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein I delight. And he says in the next verse, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. And then in verse 47 and 48, he says this, And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. 
my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Now that's interesting. Also, and I wanna, wanted to point out how many times that it's found here in the 70th verse. My heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. I delight in thy law. He went on to say in 71 and 72, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes, uh, that the law of thy mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Also in verse 77 and verse 78, he says this, Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, and they, for they dealt perversely with with me without without a cause. But I will meditate, meditate on thy precepts. In the ninety seventh verse, he says this: Oh, how I love thy law! It is my meditation all the day. And then I'll give you another one. Verse 174, which says this, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. And so it talks about delighting in the Word of God. Delighting in the Word of God. Now, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who claim to have a relationship with the Lord and really neglect His Word as far as their personal life is concerned. And we need to think about that. need to think what the Bible says about that. Now somebody might say, well, how do I delight in the Word of God? Well, one way is to get in it and read it and study it and be under the teaching and preaching of it and ask God to bless it in your life. I wonder how many of us, when we come to church on Sunday, that we pray, Lord, teach me something that I've never thought before. I want to learn something. And it's not because I'm uh, trying to make an effort to preach the Word of God, but God uses His Word. He can speak to our hearts. And so we need to understand how important it is uh, that we delight in it. And I don't think we can understand the true gospel when we don't delight in it. I don't believe that we are are able to do that. I, I believe that we wouldn't even desire it uh, if if we didn't delight in it. And so, uh, how could we understand that? And without it, I don't think there's any joy that can flow from it. You might say, well, you know, I, I, I get my Bible out every once in a while and I read and I, I don't really get anything out of that. Well, you might not be expecting to get anything out of it. Or you may be, uh, you're not uh, taking the time to look at it and study it. And so, uh, joy... Joy in the heart, peace of mind, and satisfaction of the soul, they come from that. Now the manifestation of this delight is that the one who delights in the Word will continue to think on it. And that's meditate. Now the psalmist says here, meditate day and night. Uh, I don't think that that means that we think about any particular part of God's Word all day long and all night long. But we live and walk by the principles of the Word. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin 
against thee. And so it's being aware of its teachings all of our life. I don't know if any of you have ever done what I've done before, is wake up in the night and immediately some Scripture passage was on my mind. And I was thinking about it, as a matter of fact, several times. Uh, and I've, I've told you this before. And I'm, I need to take to, uh, when that happens, just get out of bed and go write down what I'm thinking. Because a lot of times the next day I'll, I'll, I'll remember that I, uh, I thought about that word in my sleep or uh, while I was half awake or whatever. And these thoughts come to mind and then I don't remember what thoughts come to mind. And so maybe I need to start writing it down. There may be awesome sermons that come uh, from that kind of thing. And so there is a, uh, a result of that, and that is that we continually think about it and we meditate on the Word of God, to meditate on the Word of God. Now the second thing, I think, is that we will speak of it or we'll talk about it. Now, I certainly have a good opportunity as far as that's concerned is because all of my meditating on the Word of God, I get to stand up here and talk to you about it. And so I get the opportunity uh, to do that. And so is the case with many of the folks of our church to talk about the Word of God. And uh, I really uh, enjoy that when somebody brings it up. It may come up in the form of a question or something that maybe you have discovered about it, or a certain passage of Scripture, whatever. And then, of course, you know that on our Wednesday, in our Wednesday night Bible study, as I've shared with you before, where does the majority of that come from? It comes from our folks. And I can't remember uh, when the last time, if ever, I've ever had to come up with a subject for our Wednesday night Bible study. They have just kept coming from our folks, and I write them down, uh, when when you do so, and I hope that don't ever fizzle out. I hope you just keep on keep on doing that. So uh, it flows from our interest in it and our interest in the Word. And sometimes in that Wednesday night Bible study, there's continuous questions or comments that are made. We'll study about it, and somebody will come to me, and they'll have another question about it, or they'll have some statement to made. I make about that. So that comes from us, from meditating on the things that are of interest to us or the things that are taught uh, in the Word of God. And now, I'm, I read this statement one time and I thought this was interesting, talking about things that come from that, from our meditation on the Word. And it, it, it simply said this, what's in the well will come up in the bucket. What's in the, what's in the well will come up in the bucket. And uh, I wonder how many of you have ever drawn water uh, from a well using a bucket. Well, I tell you what, I've done a whole lot of it. And I'll tell you something, that growing up I learned to sink that bucket. I mean, to take that rope and switch it a certain way and turn that bucket upside down and fill it up the first time and draw it up out of the well. And I've done that many, many times when I was growing up. So there's a lot of truth in that. What's in the well will come up in the bucket. What's in the well? What's in the heart? What's in the mind will come out in our conversation and in our witness with other people. And you know something from the study of the Word of God, and I'm saying this from my own experience, 
there are just things that are exciting in the Word of God. There are things that are exciting. You might say, well, preacher, you've preached so long, surely uh, you've uh, fizzled out all of those things that are exciting from the Word of God. That just don't happen. It keeps on going on and on and on. And so it will make us want to spread the knowledge that we receive from the Word with others that they may delight in that too. So that's the verse that was on my mind all week related to uh, what the Bible said in Romans about about, uh, the Word of God and our faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. Now I would say this to you tonight. If the Word is absolutely no delight to you whatsoever, you need to check up. You need to find out the reason why that that's true. I mean that from the bottom of my heart because I know that it's a wonderful and awesome thing. Now I shared with you this morning a verse of Scripture that I'd gotten from Brother Wainwright and it went like this. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound who know the joyful sound. And of course, that's talking about how it comes to us from the Word of God. And here's the neat thing about what, we, what it went on to say. And it says, And they shall walk in the light of thy counsel. You say, Preacher, if I'm not supposed to take the counsel of the ungodly, what counsel should I seek? Seek the counsel from the Word of God. And that's what he talks about, walking in the light of thy counsel. He goes on in the next verse to say, in thy name shall they rejoice all, all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. That's, that is a descriptive verse of Scripture talking about the experience that we have uh, in the Word of God. So delighting in the Word. And I think that is a very important subject. And then, of course, in this psalm, there is a reward that comes from it. A reward that comes from it. And he says this, in the third verse, talking about this blessed person. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Planted by the rivers of water. Now, there are certain trees that grow uh, a real good around the creek bank. Certain kinds of trees when they're close to water and everything. And they, they thrive and they prosper growing near that water, always a constant supply that is being given to them. And then not only uh, are they like that in, in thriving, but also he goes on to say, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Uh, how many of you believe tonight that the Christian is supposed to be fruitful? They are supposed to be fruitful. And I mention this verse oftentimes when Jesus said, to His disciples in John chapter 15. You have not chosen Me, but I've chosen you, that you go forth and bear fruit, and your fruit remain. Oh my, what a wonderful statement that is. But He says, They shall bear fruit in due season, and His leaf shall not wither. And then this is the most awesome statement of all. And whatsoever He doeth, it shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now all of us desire that. We want, we want literally everything in our life to be prosperous. We, we don't want any part of our experience to be wasted. And so uh, 
uh, I think the child of God who is conscientious about this will seek to do that. Will seek that every part of our experience in life would be productive. And how many of you have ever prayed, Lord, help me to live my life in such a way that maybe I'll touch somebody. Maybe somebody would see something in me. Some of that light of Jesus in me that they would want to experience that too. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that? Well, you know what? That's a legitimate thought and a legitimate desire. And especially parents who have uh, children and, and mine are grown and you all know them well. They're, they're around here all the time and, and they're active in the service of the Lord. And then along come my grandchildren and if I'd have known they was going to be that much fun, I'd have had them first. But I'm just kidding about that. But you know, uh, I thought about this last week. But I think about it often. Lord, I want something in my life to, that would have, have an impact on, on my grandchildren. And, uh, and so I got this text and I looked at it and it come from one of my granddaughters. And it said, Pappy, would you pray? And then gave me the details about what uh, she wanted me to pray about and gave me the details. And I thought to myself, well, I text back. And I told her that I sure would. And I, I got to thinking about that. You know, not only is it an opportunity to pray about things, but also to have a grandchild that's young, teenager, to want you to pray about something, to ask me to pray about something. And you know, all of us, we have people that are in our life that we would think, you know, if I had something needed to be prayed about really, really bad, some need that I had, there are certain people that I would ask for prayer. There are certain people that I would ask first to pray for me because we have confidence in them. And that's the way we ought to want to live our life. We ought to live our life where when we go through this journey and maybe when that time comes to an end and we're going to leave this world by death or the Lord's going to come back, that it wouldn't be a waste, uh, that our lives wouldn't be a waste, but there'd be something about us that would be an inspiration or a light to others. That's what it's all about. And when we think about prosperity, we ought to not think just of, of worldly things or things that are just a part of our experience for a little while as we go along, but may have eternal weight and glory to it. You know that, you know, one of these days we, we may uh, realize after this life is over and when we're out in e eternity with the Lord and, He's, and in glory, that we may realize that there was somebody we touched along the way. Somebody we touched along the way. And boy, what a success, what prosperity, what better prosperity could we have than that. You know, our young people are having their service down, uh, downstairs tonight. And I ask you all, uh, occasionally to pray for them and those who are leading those services and everything and pray about Vacation Bible School that is directed primarily to young people. Of course, us old people like it too. You know, we enjoy it and we're blessed by it. But that's what our desire ought to be, is that our life wouldn't be a waste. Uh, you know, 
how would we feel if somebody had this thought, well, I sure don't want to be like so-and-so. I don't want to be like them. And uh, that would be bad. And, you know, I mention this every once in a while when Michael Jordan was at his peak, you know, had this commercial said, I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. Does anybody want to be like me? Anybody want to be like you? Do they see something in us that uh, they would want to copy and want to be like? Well, whatsoever they, he does, it prosper. He's, he's strong and his leave does not wither and he bears fruit and whatsoever he does, it shall prosper. That's a good thought, isn't it? Amen. And so it all goes back to delighting in the Word of God. Delighting in it. And I would challenge you tonight, think about that. Do I really delight in the Word of God like I should? Father, we thank and praise You uh, for this passage of Scripture. What a wonderful psalm it is. Thank You, O Lord, for the thoughts that You give us as we think about it. And Lord, that we can take it and not just leave it tonight and not think about it anymore. But this is an awesome Word that we can meditate on. We can think about it. We can think about it all next week. And we would think what we want to be, how we want to be blessed by this passage. So bless us now as we close this part of our service. And Lord, if you're speaking to anyone, I'd challenge them to make whatever commitment that the Lord may be laying on their heart. In Jesus' name we pray these things. And amen. Now would you stand with me while Ricky leads us in a closing number.